0: Hello, you're listening to Scran, and this week we're out and about so I can officially say welcome to Scran on the Road. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and this is the podcast passionate about Scottish food and drink. Coming up, I speak to Managing Director of the Craigellakey Hotel in Speyside, Kevin Smith, who tells me about the Country Hotel and what guests can expect now that their doors are open again. Plus he has some juicy details from their legendary reopening party. Yeah, like weird. Like serving yeah. breakfast and there's Kate Moss.
1: Yeah, nothing made breakfast.
0: All oh, right, <laughs> no, I know, imagine. The stories that you could tell from the parties, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of stories. <laughs> well, th- if this room could talk, really, if this room could talk.
0: I enjoy a whiskey tasting with Angus Price McVeigh, manager of the hotel's famous whiskey bar, The Quake Bar.
2: I don't know about you, but I'm really keen to have a taste yeah. now because you kind of, you're ready for these flavours and so yeah. I would take a taste. Again, I thing I see people doing maybe too often is being very careful and taking tiniest, tiniest little sip, but that's not gonna work. You need to really coat the palate.
0: And finally, Mike Lord, owner of the whiskey shop in Dufton tells me what exciting new whiskies he has in store, what safety procedures are in place and his plans for this year's Whiskey Colours Festival.
3: And we had to take the hard decision a couple of weeks ago to produce a more virtual experience. I'm calling it a bit more of a hybrid uh, festival.
0: This episode is really exciting because I'm finally back out and about on the road meeting guests in person for the first time in what feels like forever. I'm recording interviews with them in person, socially distanced of course. This will be a two-parter because I've recorded a total of six interviews and instead of cramming everything in, I want you to come on a relaxing journey with me. I should also mention that it's my birthday today as this episode goes live. Yay! My producer Morvan has told me I have some birthday messages from previous guests on the show, so without further ado...
3: Hi Roz, it's Blair Bowman here. I just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday um, and I hope that you have an extra special whiskey tonight to celebrate your
2: birthday. Cheers.
1: Hi Roz, it's Paul Traynor here wishing you a very happy birthday and I hope you enjoy lots of good Scran in the months ahead.
2: Hi Roz, it's Morvan here, the producer of Scran. I'm just here to wish you a very happy birthday. I hope you have a great day filled with great Scran and of course enjoy a few drinks as well.
3: Hey, Roz, it's your ex-colleague Sean Murphy here. Uh, just wanted to say have a great birthday and thanks to you for uh, taking over the site and uh, really making an amazing job of it and um, hope to catch you back on the pod at some point soon. Cheers.
0: Thanks so much, guys, for those lovely messages. I really appreciate it, especially since I'm turning 25. Again. <laughs> in this episode, I visit Speyside, which is the largest whisky region in the world with over half of Scotland's distilleries. I venture to the Craigellachie Hotel, which is situated where the rivers Fiddick and Spey come together. The small hotel with 25 rooms is at the centre of Speyside and its malt whiskey trail, with McAllen and Aberlour being two of the hotel's neighbours. I spoke to managing director Kevin Smith about the hotel and what guests can expect now that their doors are open again. He also shares a bit of history about the hotel, including its refurbishment executed by owner Piers Adam back in 2014 and how this led to famous faces attending a star-studded relaunch party, something that Kevin has signed an NDA agreement about, which is all really interesting. Whilst there, it would be rude not to check out the famous Quake Bar. Built as a world-leading whiskey bar, it's home to over 500 bottles of whiskey that line the walls. The bar's interiors itself are amazing, and I always think they would look right at home in a Wes Anderson film. Think fireplace, wood-panelled walls, and velvet curtains. I met bar manager of the Quake, Angus, and enjoyed a chat about private tastings, the Spirit of Speyside Festival, and got his tips on how to taste whiskey. Plus, we talked about why there's a whiskey for everyone. Uh, so now I'm in the Quake Bar at the Craigellake Hotel with Managing Director of the Hotel, Kevin Smith. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Rosalind. How are you?
1: Good, I'm good. Thanks for coming up.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been lovely. It's a lovely day, finally.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Nice weather for a change.
0: Um, and so we're here in the amazing Quake Bar, which um, is actually closed, but I'll speak more about that with Angus later on. You've just recently reopened the hotel. So how does that feel?
1: feels so good to come back and um, see some of the team again. You know, we've got about 30% of our team back and um, we've opened the doors and we've seen a lot of our regular guests already. So it's nice to see those people coming back and supporting us. And also, still getting out and enjoying space out and having a good time.
0: Um, what can guests expect when they um, like from from the minute they book to when they arrive to when they leave? Like, what what kind of new protocols do you have in place?
1: So we've really tried hard to keep it um, with a very familiar feel. You know, we've not put in too many obstacles, but at the same time, we've got great distancing in the pub. The pub really lends itself to distance. It was never a pub that had tables, you know, kind of jam packed. So I guess from when you book, we'll let you know exactly what our protocols are. We're really focused on behavior. So we went through departmental, independent departmental um, training with uh, all of the team to make sure that they understood that even with their PPE on, it takes more than that. It takes their behavior to make our guests feel comfortable and safe and to keep our team safe. So we focus a lot on behavior. We outline that in a pre-arrival email where we talk to talk to our guests about the behaviour of our team and about the extent that we take in cleaning the the bedrooms. And we we don't service the bedrooms in between your stays. So if you're, you 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 take your your bedroom for the two or three nights, if you need anything, of course we're there to, to assist with it. But your bedroom is your space, and it's you know it's only you that's been in it from the moment it's been sanitised until the moment you leave, and then we re-sanitise absolutely everything. Um, you'll notice. Um, personal kind of more more kind of touch high touch points in the bedrooms like kettles and hairdryers they will have um clean stickers on them to say that they've been sanitized and clean for the next guest to use and um and then when you come down into the pub as i say it really lends itself to that much more spacious um service of course our team have ppe on and they you know we try and keep it as relaxed and as if it can feel normal, you know, we're, we're trying to do that. But, you know, it's, it's not supposed to feel normal at the moment. You know, if it, is, if, it, if it does, then there's something wrong, I think. So, but the food offering is great. You know, we're still doing a great food offering and um, we are still doing some great specials. I hope you had something from the specials last night, did you? I
0: did. You had a very nice chateau on. It was good. Oh, good choice. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> um, and that kind of leads me on to you've got a new terrace outside.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, we, so we lost, I think... I think it was about four tables inside that we took out to make sure that we maintain distancing in the pub. And of course, uh, it's table service only. Um, and we, you know, take your reservation, whether it's for drinks or for um, for dinner or lunch. And we take all those details. And again, if you're just having a lunch outside or drinks outside, we would continue to take those details as well. And it's beautiful because we are just sort of two fields away from the River Spey and sitting on the terrace, you kind of forget, you know, anything else that's been going on over the lockdown period and, you know, enjoy that um, glass of wine that when you first arrived here, I'm sure you came up and yeah. dumped your bags <laughs> and headed to the terrace.
0: Yeah, had a couple of gins last night.
1: Good show, good show.
0: And uh, so it's pretty popular area, Speyside. Um What would you recommend guests do? Like what's what's open?
1: Things are opening up. Um, I mean, Speyside has always been known for, I mean, even... When whiskey was still evolving, you know, Speyside was known for fresh air and the therapeutic kind of energy of Speyside as well. And, you know, getting out and enjoying the like kind of country pursuits at the time, you know, but those country pursuits have evolved and there's a lot of fun to be had um, getting outdoors. So everything from we've got great relationships with um, some of the other um, event suppliers up and down Speyside, uh, like Dave Craig on um, Spirit of the Spey don't know if you've ever been down the river in a kayak.
0: No, I've seen it. Canoe, and...
1: sorry. I got into trouble for that recently. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Canoes.
0: I've seen it and I think I think it looks good, but I think it looks good in principle. I think I'd be the person getting like washed away.
1: Well, I've never done it. So the next time you're up, then we should, we should in fact, get Charlotte up and we should do that. Yeah. The next time that you guys come up and we will, we'll go down the river straight on a canoe.
0: I can't imagine her dealing with that very well either, though.
1: Oh, we'll just, we'll, we're all in it together. <laughs> Friends of mine went on it and one of them did land in the river, but... um. As soon as she realised she could stand up, it was, it was fine.
0: Yeah, it probably is scarier thinking you're going to capsize than actually capsizing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. And Dave's, you know, he's so experienced and he knows the river like the back of his hand. Uh, our friends got on at Karen and came off down at the Telford Bridge. And then at the Telford Bridge, they had a great whiskey tasting and then came up to the pub for dinner. So it's a really nice way to spend the afternoon. Um, so we can uh, we can help arrange that. Um, there's also there's some great trails. You know you can go um, mountain biking. You can you can go up and down some of the monster trails, which is for a bit more kind of experienced. Or you can just take a bike along the seaside way. Take it along to Aberlour. It's only a couple of miles. Uh, have lunch in the park and then cycle back. Um, if you don't bring your own bike, we can arrange the bikes for you. Uh, they can be here for your arrival and then just get picked up on departure. So. And again, all of our suppliers would, you know, make sure that everything's COVID safe as well. So from that uh, to, from maybe a bit more adventurous, if you wanted to hire a catering car and get out and, you know, head over to D-side, which is just an hour from here, or maybe up, take a drive up through um, over Archeson and head over to uh, Loch Ness. You could go up to Inverness and Loch Ness. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, so you can make a really nice uh, couple of days and use this as a base and get out to the local area or further afield if you were, if you kind of desired. And the coastline here is incredible from Findhorn down to kind of Cullen and Bucky. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, we've got dolphins along the coastline and um, in fact we were at, um, there's a great place, I'm not sure if you've been there yet or not, the, the Bothy in Burghead.
0: Yeah, I went to uh, Bootlegger's Bothy and spoke Did to, because um, the Bothenberg has not open, they're not going to open that for a while yet, but they've got Bootlegger's and I spoke to Ruth who owns it and Andy, their head chef,
1: right, yeah, for yeah, this yeah. and
0: yeah, it, the food was amazing.
1: Well, it's a great location and you know, it's only, it's a great place if you're staying at Craigellicate, I think it's about half an hour from here, get over there for lunch. So yeah, there's lots to do, I mean, there's lots to do out and about and then within the hotel, you know, we, we know that there's only a handful of distilleries opening, the opening the visitor experience. Aberlour are opening, uh, Glenallochay, Glen Fiddick are open, Isle are open, and then the Cooperage is open as well. So there's a, there's plenty to be able to, you know, visit some distilleries, do a taste. And Glenlivet are doing a fantastic outdoors tasting. Our good friend Lindsay, I think she's kind of arranging all that. So, so there's enough there. You know, they're not all open, but there is enough there to fill up a weekend. And then back here at the hotel, you know, at the quake, we've got a whole range of tastings that have been designed by the team and by other people that we'd be happy to take take our guests through. So
0: and um, so, Spirit of Space Side this year, this is like one of the main places to stay. Obviously, it's cancelled. Um, are you guys um, kind of looking forward to next year? Like, what what are your plans if if you can make plans? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, we, we've got our eye on it and uh, it's difficult to really pin it down and know what's going to happen. I think we we want to continue doing what we're doing through the winter and making sure that we, our guests, still arrive uh, safely, enjoy it, enjoy the area. But we have got an eye on next year as well, obviously. Um, and hopefully we can do something great at the Spirits Bayside next year. Uh the last one that we did was just incredible it's always a lot of fun we see a lot of friends and faces that we haven't seen for the whole year because they live abroad or they're brand ambassadors for other for drinks companies or they're return guests that come from Norway and Germany and America every year and um and yeah we really missed it this year really really missed it I'm sure we've seen you before as well yeah last year
0: yeah Yeah, stayed up far too late. <laughs> good show, good show. And also, your guys are mega dog friendly, aren't you?
1: Yeah, we are. Yeah, um, I don't have my dogs with me today, but normally I have my two with me, Alfie and Ella. And um, and we, yeah, we we, we love uh, when guests bring their dogs. It makes it makes people feel at home, and we we want people to feel at home when they come here. Um, we want people to leave and be desperate to come back. And I think people who love their dogs. Love going away with her dogs, and love going to the pub with her dogs, and taking them out. And I think if, you know, if you were to come to Speyside and leave your dog at home for some crazy reason, or leave him with a friend or whatever, you would just be desperate to have them here because it's perfect for them. You know, the walks along the river, or if you've got energetic ones like ours, then you know, going up Ben Egan. I think you were talking about that. I'm going to try
0: and do that tomorrow in China, aren't you?
1: It's just it's a beautiful walk and you can see all the way to the Cairngorms. Nice. Yeah, it's stunning. So I'll be checking off if you did that.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to, we are going to do it tomorrow because I wasn't up for um, Ben right It's massive.
1: It's quite, I mean, it is, it's a f- a first slog. Our friend Kieran, um, he's, I think, during lockdown um, or when things were eased up a bit, I think every time I went on social media, he was going back up Ben yeah. <laughs> so uh, with his baby on his back and uh, his dog with him, so putting everyone to shame. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I know Mark from Glenfiddich and whenever he's here, he like runs up it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then saw it and was oh, like... Mm-hmm.
1: tough. That'd be a tough run. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not up for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> not right now.
0: So you guys, when you opened, which was refurbished and reopened sort of, I want to say 2005?
1: Oh no! It was the way after that we opened in two thousand and fourteen. Oh, well, that's it. Yeah, we opened two thousand fourteen. Um, so I I've actually been in uh, in Speyside for about ten years now, more or less at the Creality for ten years, and then Piers bought the hotel in two thousand thirteen. We closed it down for six months and we launched it in two thousand fourteen, and it's been it's been great. It's been I haven't I mean it always deserved you know a bit of investment. It was always been you know. A place that was, I think, held fondly in the drinks industry's heart, and being right at the heart of Spayside, you know, perfectly placed for people to come and enjoy whiskey and the the outdoors. And so, when Piers breathed a new lease of life into it in 2014, it's just you know gone from strength to strength.
0: And what was it like before? Was it well, like one of those kind of country hotels that is needing like work done?
1: Well. Um the I don't know how interesting this is to you, but the, 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 the job that I was sold when I came here in two thousand ten was to get get a fourth star. And we did get a fourth star, but it was through no investment. The, I think the only the only spend was a fire alarm system. <laughs> and it continued on like that until Piers bought it. So, you know, it was it did need it. It really did need it.
0: And the relaunch party was like famous folk, loads of random famous vote you wouldn't expect to be in Spayside.
1: I mean I have signed an NDA on this. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> oh, No, but no, it's fine, it's
0: fine. I've heard. But
1: there was a lot of great faces there. You know, there was some, uh, like, um, Johnny Depp's ex-girlfriend, without naming names, was there. Um, and some really famous radio DJs. One half of the, like, fueling, fueling, feuding brothers from Oasis and so on and so on and so on. And it's no secret that, that Noel was here and Kate was here because they were photographed in the press. But they had, you know, every every one of our 26 bedrooms had one of their famous friends in it. Wow. So it was pretty, it was pretty insane, pretty intense, kind of three days.
0: Yeah, like weird, like serving yeah. breakfast in there's Kate Moss.
1: Yeah, nobody made breakfast.
0: All oh, right, I <laughs> know, <laughs> I imagine the stories that you could tell from the parties, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stories. <laughs> well, th- if this room could talk, really, if this room could talk. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, um, and it's, you know, it stood us in good stead and, and that has continued, you know, we, we still see high profile clients coming to the hotel. We still have, um, a lot of that set come up and enjoying it. And, um, we, when they do, we want to get them out to Speyside. We take them to Johnson's. Um, they all want to go shopping. We take them to, um, our friends at sport in Scotland and they do clay pigeon shooting or they'll do, um, archery or, you know, maybe they go down to the river and fish with Dougie. And they really just want to enjoy space and if we can facilitate that, and if that helps sell our bedrooms, then that's that's what we want to do. Yeah,
0: nice. Who was the, who was your last famous guest? If who you was like to see last famous guest? was it Nick Grimshaw or no? What's his name from Radio One?
1: Grimmy was one of the first.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, he's been up. Um, was
0: it um, what's his name in the morning? Greg James was he here?
1: Greg James wasn't here. Guy Ritchie's been up. Um and he's um he's a lovely guy he, he came up he came up for a, a private event and um yeah we had, had a good time here i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of chat that he owns a hotel and things like that but it's not the case <laughs> <laughs> it's not not the case at all
0: yeah nice thank you very much no it's good it's
2: really good to talk to you yeah you too yeah
0: so thanks very much to kevin for that chat i'm now joined by angus who is the bar manager here at the quake hi angus hi there how's it going fine how are you
2: yeah no really good really good
0: so this is your bar, but this bar is not open, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um so how what what are the plans um in terms of the Quake Bar? Because it's obviously a really well known whiskey bar. We've spent a lot of time here during Spinn at Space unfortunately kept you awake till about four in the morning being been annoying customers once. Um but what what's what can people expect when they come to stay at the hotel now from the Quake?
2: Um so I think at the moment, as much as the Quake is, is Close from a, an hour to hour perspective it's definitely something that we want people to to remember is here and people to try and try and use where they can and so the first thing we've done to try and accommodate that is i've been putting out as much as possible trying to get people in to do private whiskey tastings where we can maintain you know a certain level of cleanliness and social distancing and make sure that people can still enjoy the quake experience because that's what i feel like this bar has been from day one for me as well it's on a bar where you know memories and experiences are created, and um, as much as it can be a hotel bar and a lounge bar, there really is a, a personality in the room. And so, to try and still let our guests experience that, whether it's in full swing or not, is kind of the the aim of the game. So, as I say, we've been doing a number of private tastings, and even on a kind of ad hoc basis, if if there's guests who are really keen and really interested to see the bar, I'm very happy to take them up here and talk about whiskey. It's pretty much my favorite thing to do. <laughs>
0: you don't necessarily have to book then so you could book but if you're you're just here and you're you know about it you're fine to sort of bring people in here and just what what kind of tastings as well is it like
2: yeah I mean we've we've always even prior to to any kind of situations we find ourselves in now we've always tried to make any guest with any level of experience feel as comfortable as possible and that means there's no wrong or right answer there's no correct way to do a whiskey tasting. And so if that ends up being whiskey and cocktails and informal chat over some cool music, that's the tasting we'll do. If you want it to be something quite sit down and quite um analytical, then that's the sort of tasting we'll we'll do as well. So I think making making sure that, you know, anyone with any level of experience is welcome is kind of the, the key um for that. And as you say, yeah, booking for for something which requires a bit more time would always be encouraged. But on an ad hoc basis if if we're around and you know, people want to come and see the bar. It's absolutely encouraged.
0: So I feel like I should probably set the scene because obviously this is a podcast and you can't see it. Although I've taken photos, I've always kind of thought this looks like something out like Wes Anderson film. Yeah. I don't know if that's that's just me being weird, but it's a kind of wood panelled room. We've got fire. We've got red velvet curtains. A nice kind of vaulted ceiling, and we're absolutely surrounded by what was it? Over five hundred bottles of whiskey.
2: Yeah, five hundred at the moment. With the um, the all all the all ever growing intention of of increasing it.
0: And it's pretty much every wall apart from where the windows are. So there's a bank of windows behind us and every wall has whiskeys. And uh, it's probably, if you don't really know whiskey, do people come in and are like, whoa, this is a lot.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like people are, are really often daunted by yeah by the collection um, alone. And it's, you know, you come through the door and it's pretty much the first thing you see. And I, I, I even have people coming through the door at times, taking one look at the back wall and running out of the room. And I feel like <laughs> I've got to chase them down the corridor and, you know, make sure that they feel... They can come in here and you know you don't need to be some some expert on the spirit. You could hate whiskey. And you know, this is still the bar for you. We we have an amazing range of kind of classic cocktails, really looking at um how we perfect those classics that people you know know and love, along with a few of our own kind of funky creations. And then I think as you as you do look around the room, you start to feel a bit more comfortable, the furniture. It's quite comfy. It's quite relaxed. It's colourful, and we will always have some amazing music playing—a lot of funk, soul, and jazz. So, really, kind of try and yeah, bring the tone down. We don't want anything to feel pretentious or stuffy or anything like mm. that. And so,
0: because it's like a kind of funky gentleman's club, and then if you've got like cool music on that, yeah, that will help. If it makes it seem more like a bar rather than a whiskey bar.
2: Yeah, and if you come in at the right time, I mean, see, you walk in at seven o'clock on a Saturday night. There's going to be cocktails shaking. A mixture of different parties and groups pre-dinner post-dinner it really does have a, an energy and a liveliness along with some of the amazing faces in the area and um, whether it drinks industry or you know local personalities
0: here i probably said that i should have had my drink with <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, would you normally have always done private tastings is that was that always a part of this
2: yeah absolutely I and mean, it's an amazing thing that we can offer here it's such a shame at the moment that we don't have as many distilleries open in the area um we're really looking forward to seeing more of them open. Well we are in a fantastic position because we can talk about all brands almost without bias and it allows guests to experience something out with that, that visitor center tasting where you will taste one or maybe a couple of products. We can really kind of bridge the gap between different regions, different styles and and um, again different different tastes.
0: And it's quite good as well because you were kind of talking about this earlier, but you normally, during Spirit of side have some of the distillery exclusives or bottlings, which means you could come here, try them, and if you like them, then go off and buy them because they can often be quite expensive. So that's quite a good, a good thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The Spirit of side is an amazing thing to talk about. And um, I think we're still ever so slightly sad we didn't manage to get it done this year, but um, all for the right reasons. Um, the Spirit of side, this bar is... Feels like the heart of the festival. There's an endless flow through of people, and whether it's people coming here from all over the world to just try some of these amazing drams or whether it's people who are putting events on themselves throughout the festival, it's an amazing place to come and try some of the some of these exclusives. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Nice. Well, obviously, we're closed. You're closed now, and we obviously we've discussed you can do private tastings. But going forward, what do you think might happen?
2: No, I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, as we, you know, things as things go forward, and and maybe we uh, we get a little bit more relief in in sort of the structure of what's happening. I think uh, it's important to keep an eye on on what will be going on from the quake, um, in the pipeline at the moment, where we're planning on putting together this amazing uh, Saturday night dinners, which can you know, encourage locals and hotel guests alike to share an experience together, which is really the kind of the backbone of quake as a brand as a as a vessel it's this um the sharing and this togetherness and so i think if we can embody that in this amazing banqueting style dinner i think that would be fantastic so um that's in the in the pipeline for the near future people kind of approaching a quake it's it's an amazing symbol in scottish culture but to actually consider drinking from it and sharing a drink from it with someone um it just sounds really fun and uh, how you would do that and how you would Set the, set the scene, I think is uh, really fun.
0: Oh, I should ask you that. Who would you share a, a drink from a quake with? <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I should really have thought about this one in advance. That's, um, yeah, yeah, honestly, so many people. So many people that I would, um, I don't know, I would take one of those liter quakes and, you know, find a group of friends. In fact, you know, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but my uh, my my introduction to the whiskey industry and kind of and working in whiskey was, um, was in Edinburgh, the Scotch Whiskey Experience. And the team that I started with there were, to this day, some of my best friends in the whiskey industry and best friends in the community. And have gone on to do great things as well. And I think if I could share a, share a dram with even one of those kind of colleagues that helped me find my inspiration for whiskey, then that that's, is absolutely who it would be. And the, the playlist that played in the bar as well, which was plenty of bagpipes. But it's definitely <laughs> set the scene as much as it gets a bit tiresome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that.
0: Um, and one of the other um, questions we ask on the podcast quite often is, if you were stuck on a desert island and you could only take three whiskies, mm-hmm. desert island drams yeah, uh, what would they be and why?
2: Okay, that's another good question. Because um, shamelessly name drop Copper Dog. Oh, but yeah? um, For the fact that of many whiskies that I've tried since you know since being in this industry, Copper Dog is quite possibly the one that I have tried the most of, and. I I feel like it's yeah like it is genuinely like a man's best friend and I really kind of feel that uh, connection with it. It's an amazing whiskey and I've I've always enjoyed it with friends. So I think that would bring me comfort on a desert island. Um, good memories and good times. I think with that I would have to bring some a dram which maybe I've I've it's quite possibly gone forever and I'll never taste again. And it was out you know, beyond my reach even at the time of tasting it. But it was a it was a Dalmore. Was a part of the Constellation series, nineteen sixty six, I believe. Oh wow! Quite possibly one of the most expensive whiskies <laughs> I've tasted, but um, also fantastic. And it was quite early on in my kind of uh, exposure to whiskey, but it really, yeah, it really changed the game and kind of showed me what it could do. Um, and the third one, don't know something strong to, <laughs> yeah, keep me going.
0: we are looking around here for inspiration. There's so many.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, and actually, Copper Dog is the named after the bar here, and it is your. It's your whiskey here, right?
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. So it was it was launched from the hotel and was a brand from the hotel and, and the, the the bar and restaurant downstairs. Um, but it's since uh, grown and grown and grown, and it's a you know it's a global product now, and um, you know, backed massively by Diageo, they they you know push it all around the world. So it's uh, yeah, it's doing really well.
0: Well, thank you very much. No, my
2: pleasure. Thank you.
0: And do you want? what we do. A we tasting? Yeah, do you want to okay? just do like a wee tasting? Like- yeah, if that's okay. I- so we're trying at uh, Glenfarclas, fifteen year old. So what what can you tell me? I don't know that much about this distillery so what can you tell me about it apart from it's got a really cool vintage looking uh, branding
2: i think Glen Farkless is one of the most one of the most exciting yet underrated distilleries and, and, and whiskies in speyside for the fact that they produce a whisky which is on par with all of the other amazing whiskies in the area while still packaging in something really quite modest and quite uh, quite down to earth but equally quite approachable you know, I have a bottle here that's 10 years old and probably no more than 30 pounds a bottle right the way up to a 1976 40 year old and they share pretty much the exact same bottle and packaging and there's just something really honest about that. It's good whiskey, you know, without overly creative packaging and I think that um, gives a little bit of faith in, in what you're what you're buying, pro- quite probably. Um, but the distillery is fantastic as well, Farkless is one of just a really small handful in Scotland, which is still family owned. Producing a really classic side style though. Um, like fruity, quite bold and often a great influence from the sherry casks that you use. Um, the 15 year old just steps the maturity up a little bit from their entry level 10 and um, brings in a wee bit more spice but still lots of dried fruit. I just think it's a, a stunning dram and really you know, shows off what Speyside's all about.
0: Do you have any tips for people who don't really know how to, I mean, not that there's like a fine art, but you know, maybe not, yeah. don't really know whiskey very well. How oh, do you go about I, I,
2: I would always say there is... No wrong or right way to drink whiskey. And I think if that helps more people drink whiskey, that's a good thing. So if ice is your thing, Coke is your thing, cocktails, be my guest. There is no right or wrong way to do it. And that being said, if you want to truly appreciate the whiskey, there's definitely a few tips and tricks you can kind of bear in mind. The very first thing that people quite often forget is to just look at the colour of the whiskey. It's time in the cask and the style of cask that it was kept in will affect that colour. Not all the the time, but most of the time if the whiskey's really bright, pale and kind of a straw-like yellow, you can assume it's probably a bit younger, maybe between five and ten years old, uh, or possibly matured in American oak. Whereas if the whiskey's a much darker, rich colour like this, almost a kind of burnt copper, um, we can assume the whisky is older, and equally that it might be matured in ex-sherry or ex-red wine casks, or something uh, that was European oak, and that gives us some different flavours going forward. The second thing is to to kind of activate the whisky a little bit, to swirl it around in the glass, much like you would with wine. Um, you'll see the whisky coating the side of the glass and slowly dripping down. And although it's not the finest of sciences, the the rate at which it falls down, I think, can Give you an inclination as to maybe the body of the whiskey, um, how viscous it's going to be, if it's going to be a a really light and sharp whiskey that's quite quick and powerful, or if it's going to be something that's much more rounded and oily and smooth and might take a bit longer to develop. And I think the fact that we can achieve that just by looking at a whiskey without even coming close to it is a great start to, you know, then going to the next stage, which is of course nosing the whiskey, where you can more than likely the most important stage, our nose picks up a lot more than our mouth. And um, the biggest mistake you see people doing is, is sticking their nose right into the glass straight away, taking a massive breathe in and being surprised when all they can smell is alcohol. <laughs> um, there is a lot of alcohol in whiskey, minimum 40%. And so I always like to start quite far out from the glass. And the second I start smelling anything, pause for a minute and think about what that is. If it smells like whiskey, it's always a good start. <laughs> but even if there's anything, I think I worry that people get caught up on not being able to pick out all these individual little aromas and you read tasting notes maybe on the back of a bottle or, or in a magazine or something like that and you feel like there's no way i can taste all of that and there probably isn't artistic license is always applied to these to make it sound appealing and interesting but you can do that too you can apply your own artistic license be flamboyant with it enjoy what tasting notes so if you smell green apple is it a green apple on a summer's day or is it a green apple? In the middle of winter, is it a green apple juiced down? Is it a green apple that's been cooked in an apple pie? I mean, there's lots of different ways to kind of draw on those small little flavors that you might pick out. Now, being a classic space-aged whiskey, I'd say there's definitely some green apple in yeah, there. Yeah, I
0: was going as soon as I smelled it, I thought it just smells like apple juice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I can assure you, we're not drinking apple juice, but um, no, absolutely. So, so with that, you can kind of think of maybe a bit more about how that's green apple, or what other flavors might be uh, kind of lingering in with that. And then as you go further into the glass, I think you pick up a little bit more of the slightly deeper tones, a little bit more of the oak, a little bit more of the dried fruit, and maybe even a, a touch of that kind of um, baking spice cinnamon or cloves or something along those lines. So just by taking your time with the whiskey and nosing it, not straight away and then drinking it, but really thinking about it. I don't know about you, but I'm really keen to have a taste <laughs> now because you're kind of you ready for these flavors. And so yeah. I would take a taste. Again, a thing I see people doing maybe too often is being very careful and taking tiniest tiniest little sip but that's not going to work you need to really coat the palate really coat the mouth the same way again you would with wine and so i think take a, a you know sizable mouthful and move it around the palate for three or four seconds at least and then swallow and then i think you really can enjoy everything that the whiskey has to offer cheers cheers it's nice yeah you enjoy that yeah. i think i think it's fantastic you know as that flavor develops on the palate afterwards that's all still part of the experience and um, I think, you know, the whiskey like this is going to linger for a good 30 seconds to kind of a couple minutes. Um, and that flavour is really what makes some of these space-eyed whiskeys so fantastic. Is that richness, it's that spice, it's that kind of fruitiness at the back of the palate. I think it's all really quite exciting. Gekyll and Farlis just does space whiskey so so perfectly that I think it's a great one to choose today.
0: Nice. I would, I don't know if this, I, I hear people say this all the time but I, and so I don't want to be wrong, but. Would you say chewy?
2: No, absolutely. No, I hundred percent. I think with a from a, like a texture point of view, yeah. There's a almost like gummy chewiness uh-huh. to it. Yeah, um, you can kind of feel it on your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas some whiskies won't be. Some whiskies will be like really light and vapoury and kind of quite clean and more gin or vodka like in that sense. I think. But yeah, um, this one definitely really quite a quite full bodied, tram, chewy. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think the beauty of some of the space side whiskies as well is with their their kind of bold flavours without being intense and kind of unpalatable a lot of the time, which some whiskies in Scotland people might like might see that way. They're amazing for mixing as well. And it's something that we have always tried to kind of promote here in the quay, is absolutely some cocktails made with even good single malts can be absolutely stunning and people shouldn't shy away from it. Whether it's something as simple as a whiskey highball, just whiskey and soda water, or getting really creative with infusions and molecular mixology and all of that you know we we dabble in that um i think single malt whiskey has such a unique flavor we should utilize it wherever we can
0: yeah and i think that's the type of thing that i've spoken about this a lot over the course of the podcast that's the type of thing that will get more people in because i think for a long time it was like you cannot do that to single malt because it's Mm -hmm. taken so long to create but actually if you do and people then like the taste of in a cocktail they're more likely to then drink it and Mm -hmm. so why not but exactly if if more people
2: are going to drink whiskey because they can drink it in a cocktail i feel i've done my job and and, you know i think that's that's a good thing for for scotland as well
0: and do you have any particular favorite whiskey cocktails
2: um yeah absolutely it's almost sacrilegious to say it's an american whiskey cocktail but i love the sazerac um so traditionally brandy or rye whiskey absinthe and uh bitters i think it's absolutely stunning um Recently, however, playing around with making that with Scotch whiskies, um, I find a good sherry space to the way to go for that. and um, that's probably one of my favourite cocktails, but I'm a really big fan of a whiskey and soda. That is my my session drink of choice, if you will. Something really fresh, bright and fruity, a bit of soda water, a bit of lemon peel, or even just a slice of lemon. That's what I'll have when I finish work, probably.
0: <laughs> and also I've noticed as well, um, over the cold, like this summer being stuck at home, like we've started drinking like Ben Rio 10 was really like a summery whiskey which is not something that I ever thought because you always think of well, whiskey like fire or cold like it's nice to heat you up hot toddy but actually there's some that are quite good in the summer as well and yeah. brands have been quite keen to push that recently like Glen Murray's done a thing with a chef Ben Tish and Ardbeg have done a whole barbecue series because yeah. the whole smoky thing it's, it's an interesting way to kind of go down a route to go down
2: yeah I think it can bring more people into whiskey from different avenues you know maybe you you can be an absolute foodie and you know you come across Ardbeg because you're a foodie and you love that you know you maybe like really enjoy kind of really rich awesome smoky barbecue food and if that brings you into Ardbeg it's a great way to experience that, that style of whiskey. My, my epiphany moment was with whiskey uh, a number of years ago was, was tasting uh, Lagavulin 16 with a smoked cheese and that changed the game for me. I'm pretty sure that's what made me drop out of uni.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> it, was a,
2: it, was a, it was a really good day. <laughs>
0: it sounds like a good day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, one of my friends who doesn't really drink whiskey loves Lagavulin 16. Now, I was surprised because it's quite peaty. Mm-hmm. But
2: I had a woman in three, four days ago um, for, for private whiskey tasting that they'd booked in. Um, and she'd never drank whiskey her entire life. And decided that this was now the time and she just hadn't tried the right one and she was adamant and dead certain that she was gonna find a whiskey. And I was apprehensive because we tried something really light and fresh, some of the most elegant and easy drinking whiskies I could think of. And it wasn't working. It wasn't wasn't the right flavour. It wasn't, you know, it was too burny It was too prickly or, you know, too spicy or something like that. And I was worried that, you know, we just weren't gonna get there. And um potluck at the end, absolute shot in the dark. I went for a Bowmore twelve and that was it. elated she loved it it was just, she thought it was the most fantastic thing she'd ever tasted and she was bought a bottle on amazon right there and then so that was like a, a good achievement to find that you know it doesn't have to be light elegant whiskey as you're saying like someone might not like whiskey but might like certain things
0: yeah yeah because a lot of people are like oh it's two burns like that burn you get and i, I think like people in my work say that and i'm like you just haven't found the right one but then it's the same with people in gin i know people who I don't really like gin but I also think with well, that it's more like the tonic but it's finding the right kind of flavours and things mm. that you like so.
2: No absolutely yeah I agree.
0: Well thank you very much I'll just do a wee clink of the glasses. Absolute
2: pleasure yeah cheers. Cheers.
0: It's been great. That was a really interesting conversations from Kevin and Angus. Next up I speak to Mike Lord, who's based just along the road in Dufton. So today I'm in Dufton at the whiskey shop with owner Mike. Hi Mike how are you?
3: Hi I'm fine thank you.
0: Um, so the, uh, the shop's been shut obviously during lockdown, but how does it feel to be back open?
3: Uh, well, we've been able to open a little bit during lockdown because we're um, classified as a essential, obviously whisky is an essential service to provide to people, uh, but uh, it was only for a few hours a day. So being a bit more open now, is, it's, it's very exciting. It's, it's very different, obviously, with social distancing and face masks, and, but um, it's, it's really good to see some tourists coming back to the area.
0: And um, you've, you've got an online shop as well, don't you? Yes, we do. So how did, did, you, did you see like an upsurge in kind of people buying online in lockdown or?
3: We did initially. We did initially for the first month or so. And then unfortunately, that tailed off for some reason, whether people decided that they wanted to keep their money just in case as things got to look a, bit more, a little bit more carefully at their finances. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully everything will start picking up
0: now. And um, you did some online quizzes as well. How did that go?
3: Uh, that went really well. Um, we did that. We teamed up with the guys at Maltstock. We were going to run a quiz. They were going to run a quiz during the Spirit of Speyside Festival. So we decided to take that online. And uh, yeah, we got, um, um, it was over 150 people were actually following it. We had 50 teams in split between amateurs and professionals. So it was hard work, but uh, it was all about making sure people remembered that we were still out there.
0: In Spirit of Speyside, I, I'm not the only one who was massively gutted. <laughs> Um, But hopefully it's back next year. But um, you had your first um, Whiskey Colours Festival last year. So can you tell me a little bit about the idea behind that?
3: Well, the idea behind the Whiskey Colours Festival was um, a bit of a relaunch of what we did in the autumn, but to focus it, previously done in the autumn, but to focus it more on Dufton and to produce a more intimate experience uh, and in some ways differentiate from Spirit of Speyside in that way. It was always going to be small, small groups of people coming together, Uh, And to hopefully meet, talk to and interact with with, uh, industry people uh, like George Grant and people like that.
0: And yeah, it went well?
3: It did. Yes, it did. It went very well. we have got people coming over from South America, from Japan, uh, as well as across the UK to join in. So that was uh, it was really good for that to work like that.
0: And I say that like I wasn't here. I was here with two friends from London. We had a great time. And um, they were not massive whiskey fans when they arrived, but they certainly enjoyed themselves after they left. It was really good. Great. Um, but next, so this year is a bit different. What are your, pl- <laughs> what are your plans?
3: Yeah, so um, really not able to produce an intimate experience this year. We considered a lot of things, and we had to take the hard decision a couple of weeks ago to produce a more virtual experience. I'm calling it a bit more of a hybrid uh, festival. Uh, so we will do tastings, but they'll be uh, around ta- with tasting packs and hopefully people will come up to Side uh, and uh, enjoy those tastings packs here on Side. Uh, but we can send them out to where we- wherever anybody feels most, most comfortable uh, and enjoy that experience there. And there'll be an online tasting with a brand ambassador and they can taste the whiskies um, as the virtual tasting goes along.
0: And who do you have? Do you have people signed up already in terms of distilleries?
3: Yeah, we've got Glenn glen murray uh we've got uh ben glendronach and Glenglasar as one package and we've also got glenfiddich spade distillery and the independent bottle of douglas lang so we've got a good program of uh tastings that we can put on
0: and so do people just like go on the website and can sort of buy packs to be sent out so you could do one or you could do like a whole host
3: the idea at the moment is that we are going to launch our whiskey colors festival club or whiskey colors club uh and as part of the benefits of being in that club you will have access to the whole range of the tastings that are available during the festival uh, and then some other ones were actually you'll be able to buy individually um so that's why we decided to do it
0: nice and do you see this kind of virtual aspect continuing on even after covid or are you quite happy to go back to the way things were won in person
3: well i'd be quite happy to go back to the way way it was the whole ethos of this shop was to be open and friendly and let people come in and try whiskies and talk to them face to at, face at, at a closer distance and that was the same with the festivals um, but talking to a lot of the brand ambassadors that have been doing these virtual tastings they do see a future for them going forward and it was it was really good fun when we did the whiskey quiz online so i can see us still doing an element of online going forward but hopefully sometime next year we'll get back to having proper festivals
0: yeah i know <laughs> um and um one of the things we ask on the podcast uh, whiskey experts is if you were stuck on a desert island and you could only take three drams what would they be and why <laughs>
3: well as long as one of them was in a never-ending bottle um well that's really difficult because my top three changes all the while but i'll probably take i'll probably take a glen and i'd probably take probably the 15 a Murray 18 and then I need something peaty so um I probably would take a, a go for a space I peat a Benromach 10 because that's a good all-rounder
0: and um has there been anything released um this year that you've been quite excited about it's anything come out because you know how there's normally spirit space bottling bottlings you've got a Glenfarclas going on sale soon but has there been anything you've thought oh that's quite exciting sort of a positive to end on a positive note <laughs>
3: Well, I'm really excited about the Glenfarclos 25. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. There hasn't been that many new releases uh, during this period, but Glenn Murray did bring out a, a fully matured uh, whiskey from a Madeira cask, fully mm-hmm. matured in Madeira, and that's a really interesting dram. I don't think I've had one before that was fully matured in Madeira. So that's, a, you know, it's quite nice to see experimentation still going on. Um, Glenfiddich are hinting at their next experimental series, but that probably won't be, uh, won't be this year now, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, we'll see what's happening,
0: and hopefully they've all been able to. So I had a chat with Blair Bowman not that long ago, and he was saying what he hoped that we well, didn't hope, but it was like if they've shut down production for so long, maybe in like ten years' time we might see like a decrease in like core ranges. But I've spoken to a few people, and I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I think they've been able to stop like when they would normally do all their cleaning and stuff, and sort of extend that during um, lockdown.
3: Yeah, I think I think there's still been quite a lot of production going on, so. Mm. I'm not so sure there will be um, a dip I- at any time, but there might be. There might be some interesting expressions that come out.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was saying that on age statements and stuff.
3: Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. it might be an, ex- uh, an excuse to do something a bit more different.
0: Um, so for people coming to visit, you're you're open again, um, and it's social distancing and masks, just as you would in a normal shop.
3: That's right. I'm afraid um, we we uh, the staff wear masks as well because we can't always maintain the two meter distancing but we're trying to do everything that we can. We are even now allowing customers to try samples of whiskey. It's a bit of a pantomime as I call it, with sort of backwards and shuffling backwards and forwards and disinfecting hands and things. But we're, we're finding a way to do everything that we used to do, but just on a smaller scale.
0: Yeah. And you've got a one-way system here as well. You can see.
3: You have a one-way system. Yeah. So they use the three barrels in the center of the shop as a roundabout effectively. <laughs> and people move from one zone to the other, but, uh, It's only just starting to become uh, an issue with the number of people in the shop because it has has been so quiet. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to my guests, Kevin, Angus and Mike. And thank you for listening to another episode of Scram. You can download Scram wherever you get your podcasts. But if you want something with a little bit more guest information, links and pictures, then download the Entale app. That's spelled E-N-T-A-L-E and search for Scram and you will find lots of extra content. I'll be back on the 21st of August for part two of Scran on the Road. I won't give away where we're headed next time, but I'll give you a clue. It's not south. See you next time. This episode was presented and co-produced by me, Rosalind Erskine, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Morvan McIntyre.